And here we are, we're doing our dance, we're standing tall. It's the Unlucky Observer, and I'm the Dynamic Overlord. And I am Beloved Commander. And it's actually, well, you know what it is. Those are just our Wu-Tang names. (laughs) No, I am sorry, but that is now who I am in perpetuity. I gotta change my Facebook name. Yes, yes. <laughs> and that way, like the, you know, they won't be able to find me anymore. Seriously. Don't be ridiculous. Oh, come on. <laughs> I'm always ridiculous because, you know, it's Théâtre de l'Absurde. So life is ridiculous. All right. So this episode of The Leftovers, uh, 302, is titled. Don't be ridiculous. And it was written by the Lonely Donkey Kong and Specialist Contagious. In other words, Damon Lindelof and Tom Parada. <laughs> and we had people right away on Facebook replying or posting, what? What the hell? <laughs> yeah. yeah, Scott posted that. And, um, and I'm like, I was confused also because I, yeah, I noticed that, yeah, the, the writer's names were, were different and they just went by too quickly for me to, and I, I didn't pause it there. But how and, did you um, figure it out so quickly? Because you posted almost right away what they meant. No, no, not right away. Oh, okay. Um, no, it was at the end after I'd read um, Seppenwall's oh, okay. review. Okay, it it looked like you had done it pretty quickly, but I wasn't watching Facebook real time. Okay. And I started watching the show like 20 minutes after it started uh, okay. anyway. Okay. And well, and when I started watching, I messaged you right away and said, what is up yes. with the <laughs> intro music? And I never watched Perfect Strangers, so I did not recognize it. But what I messaged to you was, this sounds like the intro music from a 1980s sitcom. And then you said it's the uh, opening credit music from Perfect Strangers. I'm like, well, I, I called it. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Oh, my Lord, have mercy. Yeah. So, yeah. And, you know, it brings back... Um, I guess from from the pilot, you know, when they were um, talking about who had departed and uh, some of the celebrities that had departed and um, and not departed, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, Mark Lynn Baker from Perfect Strangers had not departed, but his three castmates had. Mm-hmm. So and, here's a question: I thought I remembered that mm-hmm. uh, from season one where we saw a clip of him on, you know, a news clip of him on TV in The Leftovers. But didn't the Seppenwall yeah, article... Yeah, found him in Mexico. Right. Didn't the Seppenwall article or another article say that we saw that in season two? No, it wouldn't have been season two. Okay, so I, yeah, it was definitely season one. I must have, I must be confused about what I read in one of those articles. Okay. Okay, it was definitely season one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, so they just brought it back around here. And he's the one who made that call to Nora. Do you want to see your children again? 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah. We, we didn't, of course, we didn't recognize his voice in the, in the trailer. Yeah. Um, and the other, the other scene from the, from the season three trailers that, that we saw was that um, Nora and Erica jumping on the trampolines. Oh, yeah. That was awesome. Yeah. That seems amazing. And I loved, yeah, that we, we found out what happened to Erica and, and I feel like got closure on that too. I don't think yeah. we're going to see her again. Right. Right. Because she's doing well. Yeah. She's doing, she's doing well and she just can't, I mean, since John is still in his little bubble mm-hmm. of, you know, e- no, no, Evie's not dead. There's still a chance that she mm-hmm. might come back. And Erica has accepted it and moved on. And Yeah. Erica's yeah. bubble has burst, but in a good way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because she has evidence. And yep. yeah, everything that, that she needs. Yeah. Isn't it funny that in season two, she kept burying those birds and was using magic to make a decision about, or mysticism, to make a decision about, should I stay or should I go? And when that bird emerged from the box alive after having been buried for like three days, that helped her decide, I'm leaving. And then Evie ended up disappearing. So she was basing that on mysticism. And it was John who spent season two trying to disprove magic and mysticism. That's right. And now the roles have been reversed. She's moved on. She has gone back to evidence-based living. And as a doctor, that's what you would expect from her. Mm -hmm. And John has, like you said, moved into this bubble of faith and belief his um glory in in you know the palm prints and uh conning people you know that's that's kind of evidence-based also because they take you know what they know about Mm. the people um and of course with her you know psychology and then you know do an internet search (laughs) true (laughs) so True, but the Kevin stuff he believes right. in, and he has faith about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And and Evie might come back, even though right. they said that the, her dental records matched. Right, and he's even though yes, he and Lori are basing their long con. I guess it's not a long con, isn't it? I I is it? I was referring to the long con in lost lindelof yeah so it's a short con (laughs) um they're basing their short con on evidence that they're pulling up on the internet they're creating magic and mysticism using that evidence creating magic for the people who come in to get a reading from him yeah so his life really is like based around um magic and mysticism now Okay, more about about Nora here, mm-hmm. um, because she's she's definitely slipped back into her her season one ways mm-hmm. um, with 
you know, hurting herself mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, not being passive aggressive, but aggressive aggressive, basically. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. With, you know, putting up the picture, I thought that was her way of like throwing a rock through their window. Um, then, you know. Yeah, but but overtly, because when she threw the rock through the window, she didn't stand there and show that it that she was the one who did it. I mean, no, Erica like figured Erica it did. out. But, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So basically, she she took a page out of Erica's book and, and stood there and let it be known she yeah. was the one putting that big uh, poster up there mm-hmm. of Tower Man. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, yeah. people, face reality. <laughs> yeah. I and mean, when she didn't have Kevin there to stop her from doing it, like he no. did earlier when she was about to break up that little prayer session to tell them. Mm-hmm. It's, it's interesting that Matt was involved in the burial of two bodies. <laughs> I know. I know. I thought that was hilarious, too. Uh, there's Matt burying another <gasps> body. Oh, and, and. <laughs> the unburying or the digging up of a body in episode two of two seasons in a row. <laughs> it was season yes. two, episode two, where Kevin dug up Patty's body. And right. now episode two, season three, where Nora dug up this body. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There wasn't a body dug up in episode two of season one, was there? Not that I can remember. Okay, I mean, yeah. <laughs> and what, it's only been about three weeks since I watched right. it. So. <laughs> <laughs> right. Oh, oh Lord, yeah, I do not believe that there was, but I've got, um, yeah, IMDb open. Um, that just reminds me. Comparison to early episodes. Do you mind if we just jump ahead real quick and then we'll jump back? Yeah. Australia. <laughs> oh my gosh. When that Kevin, uh, chief of police, Kevin hits the kangaroo and then puts the kangaroo out of, you know, out of its misery. Oh, yeah. Didn't our Kevin hit a dog? No, well, it was the woman who did. Did Kevin never hit oh, a dog? A deer. a deer. Yeah. The and he shot the deer. deer and he shot the deer. Yeah. Right. Right. Something else real quick about that chief of police before we go back to him later. The mm-hmm. actor who played him, apparently his name was Damien Garvey. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. So Damien, <laughs> like Damon Lindelof and the Garvey, obviously uh-huh. like our Kevin Garvey. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, um, okay. So back to Nora. Yeah. What is it about her in hotels? Because, you know, this is, okay, a non-smoking hotel, but she sets up the little thing and smokes. And remember when she was in the hotel in season one, um, well, there was also, there was that person pretending to be Nordurst. Oh, right. Got this Nordurst kicked out. Of yeah. the hotel. That's right. This time, at least, she did not get kicked out of the hotel. No, but it's like 
Nora. <laughs> it's like with with my with my travel luck, I would be like the next person in that room and right. And I, you know, have trouble breathing and whatever because she smoked in the room. And, yeah. <laughs> you know. Yep, true. You guys need to change everything out so I can breathe or mm-hmm. give me another room. Wouldn't it have been better to go into the bathroom and right. smoke in there where they're like, take all the towels out, even turn on a steaming shower. And a bunch of hotel rooms have the, you know, the exhaust. Right. The fan. That, yeah. In the, in the bathroom. Yeah. 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 But she wanted to sit and watch all those videos and smoke while she did it. Okay. So don't turn on a hot shower then just go in there and turn on the exhaust fan and take your computer in there. Yeah. Not comfortable enough. I know she's a rule breaker. Yeah. Yeah. I guess guess that's sort of passive aggressive. Right. And they, they didn't have a balcony that she could sit out on. Yeah. (sighs) Whatever. (laughs) All right. And her getting there as well. That was interesting that the kiosk wouldn't let her click on no infant in the lap. Right. Right. Um, wasn't there, was there another issue I've never seen? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, maybe I've seen it a few times, but it's not a universal. Well, they ask you if you're traveling with any children and, um, but normally when you're buying the ticket, and even then, it's a choice. It's an option you make at the beginning when buying a ticket. Like, mm-hmm. how many people are traveling? Right. And they they might ask you again when you check mm-hmm. in. Yeah. That's usually yeah. not as big as checking a bag. So, obviously, this <laughs> is a writing conceit, yeah. which is fine. Yeah. But, yeah. Was there another issue on her way there? No, I mean, there were a bunch of issues, obviously, well, throughout the way. But. Right. Kevin thought that... Um, oh, yeah. You tired of me already. Yeah. yeah. Kind of kind of joking, but you could but see the look he was on a his little scared. Face. Oh, yeah. my gosh. That was so sad. Poor Kevin. Mm-hmm. And, she was ju- and she was also weird about it because she looked at him, and, and I don't remember her exact words, but... She it it sounded like she was just going to leave without even telling him, because she expe- she was wor- wondering like what are you doing home? I thought you were working, mm-hmm. and then also I thought it was interesting. I came home to change shirts. He has this thing about shirts. If you remember, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what is this thing about shirts and Kevin? And, and wait, they need three hampers. What? Yeah, he does. <laughs> Well, you know, actually, I do understand that. If you go ahead and separate when you take your clothes off, then you don't have to separate later. Now, I don't do that because our bedroom is on the third floor. So why care? But if I actually know some people whose washer and dryer are on the same floor as their bedroom, that kicks. Oh, yeah. That kicks ass. Yeah. So if you've got that, then hell yeah, have the three hampers and go ahead and separate (laughs) when you take your clothes off. Yeah. Then you don't have to separate later. Kevin is fucking brilliant. You know, seriously. (laughs) Yeah. I love that dude. (laughs) 
<laughs> but in this house, they have to go downstairs to do the laundry. And anyway. And but it was you know like, what? If you pre-separate and all you need to wash is, oh, okay, I need to wash like my delicates. For me, for example, I'm the only one, well, and my son, we have things that need to be dried on low because my shirts shrink so quickly. So if we mm-hmm. already separated those, I could just grab them and be like, you know, I'm just doing this load real quick because my son needs more school shirts. And, you know, I've got two shirts I'm going to wash. Then I wouldn't have to dig through all of my husband's running clothes to find my t-shirts. Ah, mm-hmm. uh, so, you know, multiple <laughs> hampers would be good. Kevin, thank you. <laughs> No. And, and yeah, it, it made sense, you know, dry cleaning and then gym clothes and then everything else. <laughs> so, but Nora yeah. just likes to mock him. Yeah. She was definitely in her, you know, comedian heckler mode um, in this episode. Yeah. So but, she's, yeah. she, you know, taking the piss out of, uh, the book of Kevin and mentioning, oh gosh, taking the piss out of mentioning that Kevin had left it in the bathroom. And I do agree that there has to be some humor around his being the Messiah, you know, if, if he is or whatever, but then also talking about it. So she was teasing about taking it with her on the trip and in the trailer. So from the trailer, I had speculated, maybe she takes it with her and then becomes a convert, a true believer. So obviously uh, that didn't happen. No. Um, I, yeah. She's not going to be a true believer of anything. No. Uh, yeah. Unless she does do the machine thing. But at this point, you know, I don't know. And I and I am done predicting now. Um, yeah. Though I still, who knows? Who knows? You know, I went down the, the Bible rabbit hole last time and, you're the one who came up with our Wu-Tang name. So I think you went down the Wu-Tang rabbit hole this time. (laughs) We'll see what kind of rabbit hole there is next time. Oh gosh. Well, I mean, they, they answered our our questions from last week about, you know, what happened to Lily and what happened to Erica. And you Uh, were right about Lily that Christine took her back. Yeah. And like three, a couple of options. And so, yeah. And, uh, yeah. But yeah, her name's not Lily anymore. Yeah, and we didn't uh, find out her name. No. Yeah. Um, and then what? What Tommy said? Oh my gosh! It's like just you know stab Nora again. But yeah. you know, but it's it's true. But I you know I guess she needed to hear that. But um, that you know he left Lily for his dad. He didn't even know Nora existed. Nora just happened to get there first. Yeah. And. But I understand why she took that so badly. But. Yeah. Yeah. If I were she, I might have afterwards taken that as divine intervention. I would have taken that as even stronger confirmation that at least at that moment, at that point in time that I was meant to have Lily doesn't mean in perpetuity necessarily, but if some person left Lily for me, well, that was a person and people are fallible, but the universe bringing me there 
to that porch before Kevin got there, right after I had written that letter to leave Kevin, to leave everyone, to go and disappear. But I'm the one who found Lily and that saved me and kept me with this new family. That I could have seen as divine intervention. Just don't tell Matt. Right. Those two words. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, well. By the way, rabbit hole real quick. Did you ever see yeah. the movie Rabbit Proof F- Fence? Yeah. 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 So that um, that took place in Australia mm-hmm. starring uh, Kenneth Branagh. So it looks like we'll be in Australia next week. So there will be another rabbit hole in which to descend. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> yes. Yeah. Thank goodness she's letting Kevin go with her, huh? <laughs> yes. Yes. You know, also, way back in season one, um, Kevin and Nora said that they were going to tell each other everything. And I think that only lasted that night, you know, Mm -hmm. based on what we saw in season two. And then, of course, this, you know, I had to break my arm because I got a tattoo and had and couldn't deal with it. And, you know. Oh, you're home already? Let me rip this bag off my head. Yeah. But that answered another question. So he's not doing it to keep killing himself. He is doing it, like he said, to feel. And he just left it at that. You know, I think he just said that. I don't know. I think he is doing it to kill himself and come back. I I still think he's not. Yeah. I still think he's not dying every time. Yeah. Yeah. I still think that the that the number of times he dies is important or that it's witnessed that his deaths are are witnessed and that that these little ones um I don't think there could be these little ones. I and I I do think it's like Nora's having herself shot and and needing this for her it's needing the the pain um so that she has these reminders and also like self punishment for her mm-hmm. anyway mm-hmm. yeah and for him i do think it's like cutting yeah these people yeah <laughs> i do like that she understood unlike how she ran away from him and rejected him when he was honest about seeing patty yeah but I do think it was it was horribly sad and cruel how she laughed at him about his comment right. about wanting a baby. I don't think that they should have one, at least not right now. No. But for her to laugh like that and then the look on his face a moment later, oh, God. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah, they're they're them, you know, hurting themselves is like they're, you know, they're suffering. They're standing on the on the pillar in the town square. Yeah. So. Yeah. And um like Pillar Man's wife, um having her wasn't that her son when she had Matt hit him with a board? 
Right. Yeah. In season two. And like the Mm -hmm. other people who would go stand in the stockade, like Matt ended up doing to have the other guy freed from there. Mm -hmm. So all these people subjecting themselves to, um, I guess, you know, self-induced punishment. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. Just not putting on a bulletproof vest and getting shot. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. About the actors. (laughs) <laughs> okay because um and and this was something that um i think seppenwall mentioned it too um because okay this takes place in the in the world where where perfect strangers was a show and mm-hmm. um and there was a, a spinoff of that family matters and then one of the actors from that show from family matters played Isaac last year and so if they had you know crossed paths and then um, of course Regina King was on a sitcom in the in the late 80s early 90s and oh yeah so we have all these (laughs) all the the actors and everyone from the and what 90s didn't he also mention um tower guy's wife was she oh she Butler. was from she grace, grace she was fire yeah yes yeah that's right yeah, yeah. so that's wild yeah. yeah so yeah so you have all these <laughs> all the sitcom actors yeah and that's then he also mentioned that one of the actresses who was on perfect strangers her the actress's birthday is October fourteenth. Oh gosh! Day of the departures. <laughs> and then okay. yeah, then also when we go to Australia, we hear um, that of course their departure day is October fifteenth because they're yes. so far you know so many hours ahead of us. So that makes sense. We also discover that. Um, the Australia scenes are, in fact, I'm going to refer to Lost, a flash sideways, not flash into the future. Okay. And so I, that's what I believe anyway. I mean, I guess you could argue, well, we, we don't have that confirmed yet. But here's why I believe that they are flash sideways. Two okay. things. Mm-hmm. One, because we see on the TV that he says October 15th, and uh, he is talking about leading up to, I think he even said, didn't he say seventh anniversary? Um, yes, he did. Okay, so there's that. That that actually confirmed it. But then also, at the very end, we see Kevin Sr. walk out onto the porch and ask the four ladies what they're doing. Kevin Sr. would have to be much, much, much older if the... Uh, so I guess we do not know for sure that Sarah in episode one of this season, we don't have confirmation that Sarah is not really Nora. Yeah. But, but, but now I have another theory. Okay. Tell me, cause I had said last time that I think Sarah is, is a doppelganger or, Oh, or okay. Nora went through, goes through. Right. The she goes through and that's yeah. <laughs> wormhole. It's like yeah. a wormhole. Nora in the wor- yeah. In yeah. wormhole with a, yeah, but, but why does she have to go to Australia for this? Okay, whatever. I think we'll find out. Yeah. Um, and so, 
So then people, of course, were wondering, how did these women in Australia, at the same time that this is at the same date, that all of this is going on in Jardin, Texas, supposedly, you know, Matt said that his handwritten copy of the Book of Kevin is the only copy. Okay, but I never believed that because we saw Michael doing stuff on the computer. Okay. And when Kevin walked in and then left before Kevin knew about the book of Kevin, Matt asked Michael right afterwards, did he see anything? And Michael, remember, had closed the computer real quick. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's online. Yeah. Yeah. That's how these women know about the book of Kevin and quoted part of it to that Kevin, Australia Kevin. It's it's obviously online. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay, and then okay, here's some more more symbolism and everything. Um, when the Australian chief gets to his his driveway, chief, chief of police, four, four women mm-hmm. on horseback, mm-hmm. and it's almost time for the apocalypse. Oh, oh, <laughs> yeah, duh, thank you. Uh-huh. So there's more biblical, yeah. yeah. Ref- there are more biblical references. Yeah, four horsemen of the apocalypse. Mm-hmm. For horse women, the apocalypse. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. And, you know, for them to have that thing set up out there, mm. um, how many times have they done this? Yeah, true. And And so I thought it was interesting that the one woman kept asking, what if he's not the one? Mm-hmm. Or what if it's not him? And was Grace the main one who was doing it? She said, I know it's him. I know it's him. So was the other woman worried because they've done this before and they haven't gotten it right? Possibly, yeah. I was at first, or I was thinking the whole time that she was worried because they hadn't done it before and she was just worried that that they were going to kill a man. But yeah, maybe she was worried because they've killed other men. Was the woman in the garden who asked Sarah last week if she knew of a Kevin? Was that woman in the garden one of these four? I don't know. Okay. I don't know, but I I didn't think so. Like, I didn't recognize her. But I guess we should go back to the very end of episode one and look. Right. I didn't do that yet. And so also, with that being on Kevin Sr.'s property, I think he's got to know what they're doing. I mean, would they really have picked, would they have done it right there outside the porch of some random person's house, running the risk of a person coming out and seeing them? I I got the um, idea that that was their, that that was their property and their house. And for some reason he was living there. Oh, sure. That's certainly possible, I I guess, but. I don't know. And so then what they may be, then he knew nothing about it and he just happens to be living there. Yeah. That sure would be a coincidence. Yeah. It would be, but yeah. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) I don't know. We'll see. Okay. Anything else? Hmm. Oh, oh, and the big question, can holy balls be busted? 
I guess we'll find out. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. Um, Music-wise, their choice of music throughout was really interesting. The whole feeling of the show because of the music or the episode was really interesting. Um, Because thematically, it was a very heavy episode. But obviously, the music then was so ironic yeah it took me a while um to to get into a more serious mood when Mm -hmm. they you know after them starting with the oh um, oh the sitcom you know yeah and it's like i'm confused that's the the title sequence from uh from last season but but this music wait a minute Mm -hmm. yeah it it there's a total um yeah just disconnect i'm i'm blanking on Mm -hmm. there's another phrase i want to use um but it it just when you're seeing one thing hearing another and and they just they didn't it didn't compute it just did not go to okay It, it was like in this movie came out so long ago that I'm sorry if this is a spoiler for anyone who hasn't seen it, but I, I won't give too many details, but uh, come on, this is really old. A clockwork orange. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So we don't. And, and they do actual, okay. Lots of spoilers then. Um, actual conditioning. Yes. Even that, but I'm referring yeah. to the scene in the house and the, the song playing over oh, the violence. Yeah. Singing in the rain. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Or, or Beethoven's ninth. That's Either it. One of those. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, definitely. So this was similar to that, but obviously without the violence. <laughs> yeah. Ultra violence. <laughs> yes. Either violence or ultra violence. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah. But then later when Nora's coming back home, she's walking through the Austin airport mm-hmm. and which piece of music were they playing then? Was it the instrument? I think it was the instrumental perfect strangers piece, but overlaid yeah, with that, they did the boom, the very, the bass boom, like reverb yeah. boom from season two that kept happening. Maybe it was in season one as well. And that they played whenever there was something really serious and yeah. um, ominous yeah. about to happen. And that the the instrumental version of the of Perfect Strangers, that that really it's like that that really bothered me too. That kind of took me out of it mm-hmm. too because it's like just no, just leave it alone. Go back to your regular music if you're going to do the the instrumental. Yeah. And they played the regular sad leftovers theme song. Mm-hmm. On what once for sure? Did they do it twice? Uh, I don't know, but definitely once. Yeah, and I love that piece. It, it you know mm-hmm. it's similar to the Lost theme song, except the Lost one they did for both happy and sad scenes, which is so cool that it worked for either. The leftovers one doesn't work for happy. <laughs> <laughs> I 
Right. But of course, nothing works for Happy and the Leftovers except now Wu-Tang Clan, protect your neck. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, oh my God, I thought that that was awesome doing the, again, the reverb bass boom, you know, over that instrumental piece. Um, yeah, so it was so weird to watch last night. It was discomforting. The whole episode was. And then I rewatched this morning and had a very deep appreciation for the whole thing. Mm-hmm. And then reading Alan Seppenwall's review of it, I don't normally read his reviews. I don't normally read any reviews of, of any of the shows I watch. And honestly, I especially don't read his because when I've read a few in the past, um, I, I haven't necessarily agreed or I don't want like his almost hand of God coming down to tell me how I should feel about the show and what I should think about a show that I love, you know, especially feel because I care about what I feel about shows more than what I think about them. But what he wrote last night, and of course he wrote it well before last night because he's already seen the first seven episodes, like all the reviewers have. Right. So what he posted last night, um, I'm glad I read it because it it shared things that I otherwise wouldn't have known, uh, some backstory stuff about why this episode and that it came out of season one, that they that someone, one of the writers threw it out there. Is, what can we do with perfect strangers and let, let's create this thing? Because I was wondering... Did they plan this all the way back in season one when they threw Mark Lynn Baker in then? Yes. Yes, they did. They've been planning it now. Yeah. Oh, my God. Gary Busey in the town square. It's so brilliant. And especially that it came out of this, like, dare. And to read that they were pitching it to Lindelof and that he sat there listening and then got this smile on his face and it ended up working this well. And it's just so ridiculous. And <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> well, you, you know how much Lindelof loves pop culture. So. Yes. Yeah. And ridiculousness. <laughs> Yeah, ridiculosity. Yeah, um, and also in in one of the groups there was um, somebody reposted something that Lindelof posted on his Instagram, and it was a picture of Jack from Lost. Now, that's how you reveal a backstory of a tattoo. Yes. Now I remember that he revealed one of his, but I don't remember what he said about it. So would you please it was remind like me? The, the most hated episode, um, you know, where where. Jack was in Thailand and oh yeah okay and, that's right that one yeah okay thank you and now stranger in a strange land that oh was yeah the, name of the episode that's right okay so I don't remember if the Seppenwall article shared this or do, so do you know why Wu Tang Clan in this episode I, I don't think they shared why okay cool so it's just yeah. there yeah but it's Great. just you know. Don't be ridiculous. Because Lindelof. 
Okay, and because diametrically opposed to perfect strangers. Pretty much, yeah. Were they out at the same time? I, I think Wu-Tang Clan was probably a little later. Well, looking up earlier, the song used in this, Protect Your Neck, came out in 1994. Okay, and um, yeah, Perfect Strangers ended in 92. So I also went down um, that the Perfect Strangers rabbit hole last night. <laughs> so. Yeah. So I'm looking up Wu-Tang Clan on Wikipedia. I should have already done this. Let's see um, when they, oh, 92 to 96. Well, so I guess Perfect Strangers ended and then Wu-Tang Clan start began. So okay. where one ended, the other began. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> Did they share any? No. <laughs> Besides 1992, that's all they shared. Huh? <laughs> yeah, there has to be something to that. <laughs> I don't know. Well, oh, okay. Mm-hmm. The um, protect your neck parentheses the jump off. What did Kevin do? When he raised his hand and waved, and they did not wave back. And so he oh, gosh. <laughs> cl- uh, clutched the stone to his chest and jumped into the water. Yeah. I don't think I quoted that verbatim. No, but that's close enough. Yes, thank you. I have not yet memorized <laughs> all of the Book of the Kevin. Book of Kevin. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he did slither out of the bathtub into the hotel. Oh, yes. <laughs> I have memorized that part, of course. <laughs> yes. <laughs> know it. Uh, oh, gosh. Oh, yeah, baby. <laughs> well, I think that the lesson, one of the lessons we learned in from this episode was do not get a tattoo on a whim. I guess. might end up doing more harm to yourself than Mm -hmm. (sighs) if you're going to um put a bag on your head regularly have a girlfriend who used to get shot in the chest by sex workers so she'll understand or i should say have a partner who yeah used to do that so they'll be understanding yeah that those are the only morals of this story and have good uh, coping mechanisms yeah because that's one so the bag over the head is a co- good coping mechanism it it's it a works good coping for him. mechanism well it works for him mechanism. as <laughs> long as he's ready to rip the bag open and see that question was answered he rips the bag <laughs> open you know mm-hmm. and the cast came off of Nora's arm so she, we found out she broke her own arm, but it didn't do permanent damage. She's able to still move her fingers and everything. And she was lucky. The, yeah. And that tattoo is still there underneath, and it does look cool. She had no idea who they were. Wu Tang <laughs> Band. Wu Tang Band. <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't have recognized it as being their logo either. Right. <laughs> but that's okay. She she jumped on the trampoline now. She wasn't hearing the music, but whatever. So I guess until next week, 
everyone. Um, we hope you have healthy coping mechanisms. This was uh, was Geek Girl Soup, and I was Susan. <laughs> I've always been Susan, but well, you know, I am today. still beloved Commander, <laughs> also known as Kelly. <laughs> ah! <laughs> Are we not using that name anymore? <laughs> beloved Commander, Biatch. No. <laughs> Science, bitch. No. I'm rewatching Breaking Bad. So, you know, that's my coping mechanism. And, you know, science was important also. Exactly. You this know, weekend. all the, uh, the, yeah, it was this weekend. And then, you know, Mark Lynn Baker had that long speech about, you know, the science of the low um, radiation, the radiation, right. Sending people to the other place. Yeah, so. which I guess we'll learn more about next week or in coming episodes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So. Will we see more of Mark Lynn Baker or was this it? I think this was it. I think so too. Because he might be crossing over now. And so maybe that's what they have to do is that they have to, you know, reach Recruit out to someone. Oh, interesting. Or just at least maybe just reach out and tell them about it. You know, you pay your money. You Reach out and touch someone. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Toss their phone in the toilet. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. Then they send you to the other side, whatever that means. Till next time. Cope.